Welcome to the True Works Podcast, the podcast that helps you understand how the gospel can transform your life and your work. I am your host, Joshua Smith, and with me is my co-host, Doug Meikle. Yep. And uh, bizarrely and humiliatingly, we have sort of matching green color shirts on. Well, it's not humiliatingly. I think that you you look nice when you kind of try to look like me. Yeah. It brings out your eyes. So today we are talking about, well, the title is is kind of, you know, belligerent. negative. <laughs> it's, it's on the idea of co-belligerence. So uh, what does that mean? You're the philosopher, guys. So tell me what that means. So belligerence is typically a military term. Mm. Uh, no, belligerence just means you're, you're at an enemy or against an enemy. And so co-belligerence is the military term where uh, states or parties do not enter into a formal treaty or agreement, but for some common good, uh, they both attack a common enemy. Something, uh, did the the allies, did we have a formal uh, treaty? I don't know. Uh, when we so anyway, it would be something very much like that where there's yeah. a common enemy. So the point of this is that there, I, I guess to state simply that the the point of the paper I think we've asked you to read this week is uh, that there are some things, some things worth achieving in the world where working with those who do not share our uh, our kind of basic view of the world is um, not only appropriate. But uh, are, but also good that it, that that achieves good ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me this is this is controversial. It is. It is. And and maybe we can get to some of those controversies once we have the view kind of on offer, and then we okay. can uh, we can offer some uh, difficulties that people see with it. We we realize that this piece uh, written and. Indeed, our our organization, TrueWorks, in this podcast, we are sojourners uh, trying to be faithful to what God has called us to, and we don't put uh, any of these uh, articles or authors on any type of scriptural pedestal. Uh, everything is not uh, saved from critique and a challenge, but we think that they're uh, quite insightful. So I think Daniel Strange uh, yeah. wrote the particular piece on co-belligerence, and so when we think about the 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 objective of why why co-belligerence is even a, a needed kind of activity for Christians, what why is there need in the world for for uh, co-belligerence? It's helpful to think of what are the other options on the table of how Christians are to relate to their societal, political, and greater involvement with their culture. What are some other views that you can think of that uh, are on offer, Doug? Uh, well, I, actually, you know, it's, it's interesting. When you ask that, I, I almost want to respond to it. A little bit different. Let me respond to it this way and see if this helps our discussion. Is that Why don't you, uh, you just turn it the way you see? Yeah, I will do that. Um, I kind of feel sometimes that the so Daniel Strange is actually is a Brit. He's he's from the oh, UK. I, I didn't realize yeah, that. Okay, he's a Brit, and uh, it's I believe this was written in the UK, and I think in the context of Europe, 
if you if the church wants to make social change or it wants to attack a social problem, the church just does not have the power or doesn't have the ability to tackle that on its own. If it wants to, if it wants to actually meet the challenge, yeah. Mm. Uh, most places in Europe, the church is uh, relatively small, um, and uh, and therefore, if it was to say, I want to tackle hunger, even if it was in the vicinity. Or, or homelessness, or, or some social good that was in the vicinity of its, say it's the place where it goes to worship, the church worships, the chances of doing that on its own, of making an effect to that, are pretty small. So therefore, the concept of, of co-belligerence makes sense, that there are, there are groups and actors in the world that want to try and achieve the same goals. And maybe, especially here in the south of the United States, we might look at something and say, hey, I don't want to kind of dirty my hands, if that's, that's a terrible phrase, forgive me for that. I don't want to kind of uh, get close to these guys that don't really believe like me because we can tackle this problem on our own as a, as a sort of luxury problem of the, the part of the United States that we actually live in. Maybe it's possible some places here where, where a church in Houston would be big enough and powerful enough to make a difference in something in an area of uh, you know, economic deprivation or something like that. But that's really not an option in many places in the world, and therefore, how are we to have action in the world? How are we to how are we to practice in the world? Um, and m- maybe if we look at some other societies, certainly in the past, that were uh, when we look uh, to Western Europe uh, and the church's dominance uh, in its past, uh, it's pretty distant past now, where. The church was functionally higher than the king, although yeah. not officially higher yeah. than the king, uh, and they could make an impact. But that's not the context. Well, that, yeah, and they know, were, and for many, many, obviously for centuries, the the church was a competing source of power across Western Europe. Yeah. But that's not the case now, and I think exactly that would have right. been. That's not the case now, and more than that, I think in its kind of Protestant form, the church was never of that construct. Well, I guess maybe that's not even true too. So you you can think about some of the city states of, of uh, of Switzerland in the Reformation, or even in Scotland in its earliest manifestation after the Reformation. These were where church and state were pretty well aligned, and the church was very much a state actor. Um, but that's not the context we live in now. And mm-hmm. I think that what yeah. Strange is writing into is, okay, we want to do things today. We want to act in the world. How are we to do that and, and want and hope to expect to, to, to achieve good ends? We're going to have to do it with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this presupposes this kind of acting with other, uh, uh, other societal actors that don't share our faith presupposes that uh, some some options are off the table or not not as effective or something of that sort, because I grew up in a tradition um, that uh, the, the main way to affect societal change was through conversion, yeah. and so if you if you wanted to make societal change where there was a more fundamental problem that you had to in chronological time meet first, which was evangelism. And so the only way to act, what's implicit in that kind of view of the world? Well, the only way to make and to work with someone else is if they already share the fundamentals uh, yeah. and the grand world picture. And if you don't have that, you, you just can't do there's, anything There's nothing with you can do. There's yeah. nothing you can do. You just need to keep on. And since we live in a fallen world, that's always going to be a problem. So you're yeah. never really going to get away 
yeah. from that primary task. Yeah. But see there, I think that, and I think you're right in what you say there, and, and I think that's a common kind of, what am I right to say there? It's a common Protestant ethos, certainly in North America. Um, you don't really have much of a much of a sense of common grace when you, mm, you say there's okay. no real there's no real platform with which oh, I that, that kind of goes across um, for one of a better word denominations or manifestations of the church in the world those kinds of things and you're left saying okay we're going to do this and we're going to do this on our own and we're just going to go find more people like us and we'll do it with them but it turns out. Well, like I said, that's kind of a luxury problem sometimes that we have in the United States, but uh, not an option in other places in the world. Mm-hmm. So let's look at uh, some of the, um, some some of the, well, actually, before we go on to uh, kind of a path towards co-belligerence, the, the, the person who really introduced this into the modern church discussion, I guess, uh, is not strange himself, although he is uh, an important actor, but... Uh, uh, Francis Schaeffer, yeah, um, mm-hmm. which was I think he was from Switzerland. Uh, no, I think he was um wasn't he American and then went to Switzerland or something like that. I oh, don't is know. that right? Oh, okay, okay. He he always struck me as uh, he always he looks kind of Swiss. Yes, yes, think, that's what I, think, I thought. Uh, uh, but but maybe look, he's not. I might be totally wrong about that. Okay, okay. So we don't really know his history, but uh, he introduces this this concept, which is older older than him uh of course but kind of into the modern discussion so let's look yeah. let's look at well you've you raised the question in our notes here is that if we want cultural economic or political change how should christians go about doing this that's the basic and kind of fundamental question if you mm-hmm. think that the and and this is there is no there is no church or there's no action the church can take that is non-political let's say if it does not enter into the world where other actors are in that world, then it must, and it's, by its nature, it is a political act. So I think how do we work with others and, and what, is, what is the impact of that is a very important question for us, you know? So let's just, that's such a good point. Thank you for, for bringing that I have that my out. uses. Yes, you yes, know, you as do. a as a guest, I have my uses. Yes, yeah. yes, you did. What well, this time you're a co-host. Okay, sorry, yeah, as a co-host, just, I even have I have more uses. Yes, yeah, yeah that's why you've been upgraded. That's no, no more though. Yeah. Um, with the the notion that we are that the church is inherently, in a sense, in a sense, our actions in the world are going to be political by either omission or commission. Sure. Right, yeah. and so a vision of, well, we're just not going to uh, get involved with these things. But that—that's taking some type of stand. That's going to well, relate to the society that is around. Who's ever you. prayed, "Thy kingdom come"? Yeah. What do you think that means? Like we just hang around. Wait, so I guess what we're trying to teach you in the faith and work tradition here is that thy kingdom come does not mean we wait around till Jesus comes back. Thy kingdom come means today I've got work to do. And as soon as you go about that work, you're in the world, and that world is a political world. Now, what I'm trying to I Francis Schaeffer, who we just talked about there, he would certainly not say that uh, that means one has to be a Democrat. In our context here in, in the United States, a Democrat or a Republican, what he would say is that you should, we should act in the world uh, transcendent of those, maybe cooperate with them, 
with those those other political actors, but certainly not be beholden to them. So, you know, phrases that we you may have heard in the political discourse, like the the Republican Party is the, or 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 as the Republican Christians are kind of evangelical Christians are the Republican Party at prayer, or Roman Catholic Christians are the are the Democratic Party at prayer. Both of those things could be true, perhaps from a sociological sense or an observational sense, mm-hmm. but from a theological sense, they're profoundly untrue. That that should never be our our way of uh, our way of entering into the world. That we would ever become beholden as Christians to a particular political party is, uh, and and if we do go down that route, it's it's disastrous for us because there's uh, a priority to the mm-hmm. the true polis. Yeah, uh, for the for, of whose citizenship uh, our true citizenship, uh, absolutely, the yeah. true kingdom. Yeah. yeah, but what that means, you know, is is, is this idea of co belligerence? What exactly our citizenship in heaven as King Jesus? The implications of our political activity is where the disagreement uh, comes up. Sure, you know. Look, and nobody nobody's saying this is easy. On the other hand, I think it could be easier than we make it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, simply look. Let's say my job is to try and eliminate hunger and uh, eliminate hunger for underserved children in ten elementary schools within a school district. Okay. Yeah. Noble cause. Noble cause, right? And uh, how could I do that? I could, if I had enough resources, perhaps I could uh, go buy all go buy all the, the lunches and distribute them. I could do all of those things. But assuming that I don't want to do, I, I don't have the resources to handle that on myself, and maybe there's a question as to whether, even if I had, it's the right thing to do, would it be better if I got together with my local Rotary Club, got together with my local, my local Hindu temple or my local Sikh uh, temple, and and together we were able to provide those those uh, those meals and lunches for those elementary school kids. Would that not be a better outcome than simply not doing it at all? And I think when you ask that question, I think it's almost it answers itself, right? Mm. Yeah, and it why seems would, obvious? It seems yeah. kind of obvious, right? That one would want to do that as a Christian. And the fact that I've got to, you know, be a friend to my, to my Sikh co-belligerent, let's say, uh, or just simply my, you know, I don't know, liberal Protestant or 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 whatever form of Christian, I I should be able to transcend that for for the social good, for the common good. Now, a worry with this, what one of the resistance. Uh, one type of resistance to this kind of co-belligerence, this idea of getting together with these other other actors, other participants that have fundamentally a different motivation, perhaps, yeah, perhaps most yeah. likely a different motivation for the for the good that we're trying to achieve is, well, isn't this some type of compromise? Like when you're getting together with these other and and you're. As a Christian, I'm, I'm putting you in that box. Uh, you, as a Christian, are acting for uh, the redemption, and uh, because they're created in God's uh, image, and that God loves them, and uh, He wants them to not for you to turn away uh, the homeless, so on and so forth. All of these motivations isn't aren't you kind of compromising if you don't say, "Hey, wait a second, wait, wait, wait." This is the reason for why I'm acting, and you're acting for a different reason. 
And so you're almost compromising uh, for why you're acting. Yeah, really? Well, that, that would be one concern, yeah. And, and your, your uh, response would be like, really? Yeah, that is pretty much my response because I think that's kind of just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I think because I think one that comes from a posture of I need to keep is that I need to keep myself sort of, and it's not even morally pure. I don't know what it is, what level of purity it is, because if 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 that person is hungry and I'm working with someone else to feed that person, I'm not sure where where the downside of that is, you know, mm-hmm. where the downside mm-hmm. of that is. And I think also as as Christians who believe in the sovereignty of God, I think Well that that's where I think the difference is. Yeah. Well maybe that's the, maybe that is the difference. Is we we are in a tradition that believes very much in the sovereignty of God in a very kind of profound way. Um that that we can with others in this world work towards ends that God is knitting together and fulfilling and we don't necessarily need to be every day um, like for example if, I, if I'm a co-belligerent with let's, my mythical Sikh temple goer um, I don't need to be every day trying to convert that person if that's the right phrase I can just work with him towards a common goal you know mm-hmm. and, in, and in time speak for my faith you know and speak for the reality of it and uh, hopefully listen respectively as he or she speaks to hers. Um, you know, I think that's that can be okay. That can be just fine. You know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that kind of trust in that God is the one who saves, and I'm going to be faithful to feed the hungry. And if I need the help of my neighbor who doesn't share my Christian faith, then I'm going to still fulfill and and feed the hungry, and I'm yeah. not going to shroud back from my faith. I'm not going to like hide it. We don't want to drink the modern Kool-Aid and only practice Christianity in our closet. But I'm also not going to feel uh, somehow that I have to do that before I work with them. Yeah, that That's the difference of co-belligerence. Yeah. That, oh, I have to convert them. I have to share with them my reasons uh, before we actually feed the hungry. Yeah. Listen, the hungry may not be here. <laughs> well, uh, the other thing is the hungry doesn't need your reasons. They need yeah. food. Right. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing sometimes where I think we feel we, we get too wrapped up in our reasons for doing things rather than the, the outcome that we want to try and create. And you that, know? you are at heart, a, at heart a practical person. Well, yes. I hope, I guess. Yes. I, I, yeah, I, I, I do hope that, but well, I, I, I think that's... that's a compliment. Truly, is it? Yeah, yeah, truly. Well, uh, because you, you're you're interested in like, listen, we can theorize all day, look at motivations, reasons, but if things don't actually happen, there's something that's gone wrong. There's something gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's what and I for really me, appreciate. Look, I think that's you. really quite um, well. You hear me sometimes talking here about the trying to make faith kind of a living thing and a practical thing, and mm-hmm. and, and we are tempted, especially you know. I, I'm a Presbyterian by birth, and Presbyterians have a predisposition to the to 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 the brain, to to the to the intellect. Mm-hmm. It's kind of baked into the fabric of our. I don't know why necessarily baked into the fabric of how we are as a denomination. But that's to be only that is is not is not a fulfillment of of your Christian calling. There 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 needs to be something that issues forth from that change of mind into a change of action and action in the world and. Uh, yeah, I I think that that's 
you know, pretty important. I think it's pretty important. And, you know, I, I think about my children a lot. That's what they expect of me. They expect that if I believe something as I, as I say that I do and deeply, then that will affect everything I do in life. That I won't, and that I'll, I'll, my priority will therefore be, um, in this particular example, feeding the hungry. It won't be my kind of purity of reason or something like that that the, the folks who are in need take priority. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. That just seems kind of obvious to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But maybe it's not obvious to others. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I come from a place where that wasn't as obvious uh, to me. Uh, and I'm, I'm quite convinced of, of Schaefer's and, and Strange's uh, proposal. And w as, we, as we come to the end here, Doug, one of the things that I think Strange nicely emphasizes is because the world is messy, like yeah, that that this this is not uh, co belligerence. All of a sudden, doesn't make everything easy, nice, and tidy. We have to still be in in prayer uh, and use great wisdom when we are thinking about how do we act as faithful Christians with our neighbors who don't share some fundamentals with us. Yeah, This is not some easy prescription where, okay, now we have the formula and I know who uh, I can and cannot act with for what causes and not what causes. Uh, no, we have to prayerfully consider these opportunities. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing for me, again, as a sort of practical matter is I think we're often just way too concerned with our own purity. You know, and that, and and I think it's 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 a rather misplaced thing, because if our if the gospel tells us something, it tells us that we are not pure, and that we are not going to be pure in in our own actions. It's only God's action that will remove that impurity from us. So therefore, having strange thoughts about if I go serve the hungry with my, you know, with the, my co-belligerent from the Sikh temple, I'm something. I'm somehow less. I think is. Just, you know, it's pretty hard to get through life like that. It's mm -hmm. pretty hard to get through life like that. And then get, you know, so what does that mean? Oftentimes, again, we keep back in, getting back into the context of work. You can go to work. You can go do the Habitat for Humanity thing with your work colleagues. You can go do the, the charitable work that maybe you get the opportunity to do through your work. You can do all of those things political as a Christian. policies and all the rest. Yeah, all those things. You can participate in political work, I think, also as well. And and that and that's okay. That's okay. Yes. There if you if you stand up and say, I am going to and in the United States there's not often many choices. Let's say you have a Republican or a Democrat. The great thing about these past several years is that what 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 those two political parties have demonstrated to Christians is that they're not worth our vote. Unfortunately, we have to vote for somebody, you know. So, our, so that process in and of itself will be messy. It will be less than ideal, and we will find very few times persons to vote for that we feel honor our faith appropriately. I had, I had to to this point. Uh, just a comic uh, insert. I, I had a family member who had that very sense that neither uh, party was worth the vote uh, several years ago. And so he wrote in, well, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. But there's no chance of Jesus taking his seat, I don't think. Not in the sense that- Well, because that he person, already has one. Because he already has one, that's right. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to say there, look, that entire process is just messy intrinsically. Yeah. And uh, I think also of, of the many Christians that are part of the political process, man, that must be, in our country, just 
frankly, much of the time, just a terrible place to be as mm-hmm. a believer. You know, you're, you, you just feel you're in this system that seems rather compromised and messy and, and certainly less than what we expect of, of, of Christian believers. But you still do it. You have well, to get have in to. there. We you have, have to get in there. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and if we don't, then, then are we really, we can pray all we like, thy kingdom come, and you, we better hope that Jesus comes back because in the, in the meantime, not much is happening without our belligerence and co-belligerence. Well, that's an excellent place to end this, the, a happy ending to this episode. Thank you for joining us as we talked about the complex realities of how to act in the world and the concept of co-belligerence, of seeking the good with those who don't share some of the fundamental uh, foundations uh, of grace uh, and regeneration. This is the True Works Podcast. If you would like to hear other episodes of our podcast, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, or you can visit us at our website on www.trueworkshouston.org. Thank you so much. <laughs>